Hey, listeners, welcome to the Comedy Northwest podcast. On this episode, we have Scoot Herring and Craig May, two amazing comedians from Portland. And we sit down at the COCC library uh, for an impromptu podcast, which was a lot of fun. We get really in-depth into uh, our passion for our careers. So enjoy. episode or something yeah why not just sort of a impromptu that's how it played off anyway uh welcome to the comedy northwest podcast yeah um yay uh sitting here with scoot herring hey scoot hi uh sitting here with craig may hey hey and uh mc over there Hey. Fun little guest that we had. Welcome. He's a fun little guest. He's very tiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not what I meant, but yeah. No, he's like a fun-sized snicker bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we had you guys come into town, do the Ben Comedy Showcase over at Summit. Oh, yeah. You guys have fun? It was a great time. I had a blast. Good. Yeah. You know, and drink a lot of Patron that I don't usually get to drink. <laughs> uh, uh, Scoot, you performed in Ben before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last time was for the competition? Uh, yeah, I was in here performing for the Oregon's last comedian standing thing, and I did the Volcanic Theater and the Summit, and they were the best part of the tour. Yeah. Like both nights were packed, and the crowds were great, and then everywhere else we went was pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Bend is, it's fluctuated when it comes to comedy over the last couple of years, and I've done everything I can, especially over the last year, to not just build you know, a comedy scene, but like a comedy community. Yeah. So a lot of the people that come out to these shows are either like avid fans of the shows that we put on here or other com- local comedians who right. are interested in doing comedy. No, everybody's been so supportive here and they would like generally enjoy comedy. Like when yeah. you get on stage and you can see people smiling in the audience already, because you're like, all right, my job's half done. Yeah. Well, yeah, performance art is very avid in Bend. So, I mean, people, even people that do, like, plays really enjoy comedy mm-hmm. or uh, juggling or hoot dance or whatever it is that's going on. Everybody just enjoys every medium of performance art. Hoop dance? Oh, yeah. Hoop dance. Is that hula hoops? Yep. All right. I, I only, that came to my mind because I just posted a video on Ben Comedy. Uh, we did a variety show right. uh, this last year instead of uh, the Ben Comedy competition. Right. Um, and one of the uh, acts that we had was a hoop dance I, that was just posted today. I just had to make sure because I'm like, I don't know what you people do in Ben. I don't know if a hoop <laughs> dance is some sort of weird slang yeah. or some crazy thing that you guys do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we're going to go hoop dancing later. Shh, don't tell mom. <laughs> Um, but Craig, have you ever performed in Ben before? No, this was my first time. I actually, it was really fun. Had a really good uh, experience, and the room was very warm and welcoming. Yeah. Uh, really good response. I'm definitely going to come back out here again sometime. Yeah. 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 Sure. Oh, I've loved Ben. 
What about you, MC? You're from Australia. Do you like America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, I really enjoyed the uh, ride up here as well. It was really oh, yeah, beautiful man. scenery I mean, all the way up from Portland. So. For a plus for doing comedy, when you're out on the road, there's a lot of shitty places you go to that just don't look fun. Yeah. Like, Ben's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's upsettingly beautiful here. <laughs> and the drive here from Portland, so we drove from Portland, and we took... 26 east all the way down and it turns into 97 it's like the most beautiful drive yeah. it's perfect weather no not a cloud in the sky just blue skies it, it, we go through a, a forest and then all of a sudden we're in this weird plain valley that looks like there should be cowboys and indians riding across it which we did stop and get the indian fry bread it was delicious i almost yeah. crashed the car and we wanted to get warm springs it was where, wherever Indian yeah. had casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was. Warm yeah. Springs, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. we stopped there and got Indian fry bread, which is delicious. Yeah. And then we kept going, and yeah, and then it turns into Bend, and it's has, it's a beautiful drive in here, so that makes it even more yeah. awesome just to be here. It's I don't know, maybe it's a Pleasantville sort of thing. Maybe I am blinded by it, and I don't even see what's going on. Yeah, you just know it's nice because, you know, after you do a show and then some of the open micers come up and they're like, you were great, and they're all friendly and stuff. Yeah. You do that anywhere else, and no comics want to talk to each other. Yeah. They all hate each other. I oh, passion. I get to tell this story on the podcast. All right, this is absolutely amazing. There was a guy that came through last week, and his name was Elvis something. Okay. And he is, well, oh my God. So we're sitting at Corey's, which is this crappy little dive bar. Yeah. And it's Wednesday night around 1130. And this guy walks in, talks to the bartender for a second and just kind of lingers around and comes over. And it's me, my brother, his friend, and then Jesse, Jesse, the open mic. Right. right. Um, who's kind of an awkward kid. Um, but he, he doesn't know how, like, he doesn't pick up on social cues very well. But we work around that. I do what I can. But so this Elvis guy comes over and he's like, so uh, you guys really like comedy? It's like, well, yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And he was like, yeah, well, I'm going to do a show here uh, real quick uh, here in a minute. So if you guys want to stick around and watch that, that'd be really cool. Like you just walked into this bar and you're going to do comedy. Right now? What? Yeah. So I can understand like the guerrilla tactics of yeah, like yeah. wanting to get out, getting as much stage time as possible. Sure. But I was just like, you, uh, th- like maybe like three or four more hours. Of like you know pre uh, meditation on this one yeah. would have been a good idea, and um, he sat down and I started talking to him, and he said something along the lines of Yeah, you know I really want to perform Ben. Got all these gigs. He did not have gigs. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, and I just met Ryan Trauber over at Sidelines, uh, the head of Ben Comedy. Really great. I was like, really? Really? Did you now? Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 uh, was he, was he nice? Was he a really nice guy? Was he, uh, uh, what did he look like yeah, exactly? Explain like? <laughs> um, it. Yeah. I started, and my brother and I started grilling him about these questions. And of course, Jesse was just giddy and could not hold it in anymore. And what didn't know what to add to the conversation. He's that kind of awkward. So yeah. the first thing that he says is, this is Ryan Trauber. This is him. This is Ryan. I'm like, oh, fucking God, Jesse. Because I was trying to get out of this guy, whether he's the asshole liar claiming to have met me. Yeah. Like he got my name from somebody. Or if somebody else was claiming to be me. Yeah, it was somebody pretending and to be you. And I actually got a Facebook message first thing the next morning from the guy that gave this comedian my name. 
uh, really good friend of mine, really great guy. And what happened was that Elvis walked into sidelines, mm-hmm. tried to do the exact same there thing there and do a comedy show. And they said no. But a friend of mine named Dave uh, heard him and said, oh, well, if you want to do comedy in Ben, Ryan is the guy that you need to talk to to make that happen. And uh, he's like, no, 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 no. So the guy just assumed because of that 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 was Ryan? No, he he knew. There (laughs) was no way that Dave would have led this guy to believe that he was me in any way, shape, or form. Right. He probably said, you need to talk to Ryan Trauber. That is the guy to talk to. And I saw in his notebook that he had written my name down on one of the pages before he came into Corey's. Right. So... He then, once he realizes that it's me, I caught him in this lie. He gets up, leaves for a minute, comes back with this little amp, uh, smaller than a bread box. Yeah. He sets up his amp at the end of the bar in between the cigarette vending machine and the water, uh, you know, one of those big water things. Mm-hmm. Um, behind it, literally performing from behind this water thing. <laughs> and he does material really slow. Nobody's really listening. Um there were three people at the bar right next to him that were paying attention because they had no choice. They had no choice. And all, he yeah. got a couple of laughs, but he was like reading out of his notebook. And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? What is this? And that's like door to door stand up. That's what that is. Stand up. Yes. And, <laughs> and see, that's the thing is yeah. that I don't mind that. I thought, I think that is a good thing. If you have that kind of gumption to go out there and do something like that, then go ahead. Sure. And do it. But unfortunately, he was a complete dick. Uh, so he, I go up, I take a picture of it because I was ready for this guy because he had Facebook uh, requested me uh, the second, or like before he even got to Corey's because he got my name, found me on Facebook, friend requested me. I did not accept his friend request, but I went to his page and the last post that he put on there was, fuck you, Applebee's for not letting me perform there. And he, and he had checked into the Redmond Applebee's. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, so that's what this guy's doing. He's just going from place to place. Exactly. I see that's that kind of, I mean, that's nutty. It's nutty. It gets better. Yeah. It gets better. Okay. Okay. So after he gets done, he comes over and I'm talking to him and I was like, well, I, yes, I'm Ryan Schrauber. I'm the head of Bend Comedy. So we have this open mic tomorrow night. Like, um, some of your jokes were funny and I, I would let him open, like, open the showcase with five minutes. Minutes. Like it's fairly casual when we do a local showcase, and um, I was like, "Well, it's too late at this point to get you into the showcase, but if you want to come do the open mic, I mean, at the very least, just come meet some of the other comedians, um, some of the local people, so that way you can make these connections, and we'll have you back sometime." Yeah. And he said, "No, I would just show up, perform, and leave." I put out my hand. I said, "That's a horrible way to do comedy. Have a good night." Yeah. And I thought that was going to be the end of it. Uh, no. So he shows up at 7 p.m. the next night, which is an hour before the showcase yeah, starts. Yeah. Uh, like he made sure that he was there first person on the open mic list. I was like, okay, I'll put you up there. Sure. And he's like, well, I just want to get on there quick because I have to go do this other gig. He had no idea. Yeah, maybe he was going to go check into the Applebee's again. Exactly. Or some other. He's going to go, I'm performing at the Carl's Jr. I'm going to the 7-Eleven. Yeah. I'm going to oh, perform there. <laughs> it gets better. That is, that, that is the finale of this story, but I'll get there. So he shows up just in time for the open mic, and he's the first one to go up, and, you know, I was just, you know, bantering with the audience. So like, I randomly met this guy last night. I'm glad that he came out tonight. Hopefully this one goes better than uh, what happened last night. And he took as the biggest insult in the entire world. And I wasn't saying that he wasn't funny or talented. I was just saying that when you perform in a bar that has no idea that you're going to be performing there, not a good show. Not a good show. So he walks up there. The first thing out of his mouth is, fuck you, Ryan Schrauber. 
Like, okay. Burn that bridge. Yeah. And then he tells a joke, and he's like, ah, Ryan, you little bitch. Tells another joke. Says, fuck you, Ryan. Again. Tells another joke. And his finisher pretty much was, see, I got laughs. I was like, I didn't say you weren't well, funny. Yeah, I'm sorry I needed to validate your existence. Yeah, now. exactly. And then he gets off stage uh, and he hangs around for like a minute and then he like shakes my hand, says something as sarcastically as humanly possible, like, thanks for a great show. Yeah. And then leaves. And I was like, that's exactly what I knew was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And he comes back like 10 minutes later, sits in the back of the room, just kind of observing, doesn't talk to anyone or do anything. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And I was ready, uh, looking at his Facebook page that entire night and the next morning, waiting for him to say some asshole thing about Ben Comedy or me or something like that. And I had a picture of him performing behind the water cooler. And then I had his set that was recorded because we recorded. Right, right. So with those two things, I was ready to post a blog pretty much entitled, Don't Be Like This Guy. Yeah, don't be like this You want to pursue comedy, don't be like this Don't do this. I mean, like, it's fine. I, I give him uh, respect for going out there trying to get as much stage time as possible. That's fine. It's a guerrilla way of doing it. It is. It's ridiculous. But it, again, it takes gumption to go it's out and do something. Busking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But to be when you go into another comedy community and you don't take advantage of making connections and networking and meeting people and you're just this lone asshole just being rogue, like that's not a way to do it. Yeah. So I was ready for him to post something, and he didn't. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then the later the na- that night, so it had been Friday night, I checked his Facebook one more time. And he had checked into the McDonald's in Hines, Oregon, saying, I just did a great set at McDonald's in Hines, Oregon. <laughs> and that was the point I was just like, all right, like this gorilla, you know, performance thing is not a good idea. He just like, I don't know, he's not good. He's probably got something severely wrong with him. Oh, yeah. Oh, his name's Elvis? Elvis something. Like, man, I can probably look oh, it up. Man. And I, it seems like a type of thing where he would only, he would, he would go and he would just perform in city to city, not really at a venue or at a show. But just to say that he's performed at that scene. Yeah, just to yeah, say yeah. Like, You could like be on the corner performing. I'm quoting for the people that can't see this with my fingers. And then Air he could quotes. technically say, yeah, I performed like fucking Bend and Portland and Salem yeah. and just like, like everywhere. Yeah. That's ridiculous, though. Well, yeah, it's like it's like cheating on your resume, like making up your resume. Yeah. It's, I mean, is that any different from like when some comic that only goes to open mics posts about how he's you come see me at this open mic tonight and you're like no 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 why would you want me to don't see post you practice that. i mean i used like, to do that yeah. when i first started i mean i'm not like a veteran or anything yeah. but when i started but i was only going to one place i was yeah. going to the boiler room in portland so uh-huh. i would be like it was just for my friends like hey i'm being at boiler and then i learned to stop doing that yeah like it's just an open mic nobody wants to come see you practice nobody because yeah. you know, you're subjecting them i mean like to you which they're there to see you but then you're subjecting them to thousands of other shithole comics yeah yeah but sad boys we have a lot of sad boys yeah we, we have a there's a taco bell and what else tinder they tinder they uh, tinder the same jokes we have a, it's an epidemic that's happening in portland right now yeah and then the sad boy movement they're mad about being single and yeah. women won't date them because they're nice yeah. even though they're not i mean this has been <laughs> happening forever i mean you know straight yeah. white males are the most dominant thing in comedy and that sucks because that's just how it is yeah but there are a ton right now of like 20 something 
sad boys who are just they it's the same set over and over again they all are wearing hoodies they all have sort of gross facial hair that shouldn't grow and they get up there and they immediately start talking about how girls don't like them and why that's bullshit <laughs> and that it's the girl's fault not the guy's fault and then they immediately talk about taco bell and tinder it's the same thing like every single set and it just every open mic is stuffed to the brim with these no-name dudes that are just wasting everybody's time with their non-insightful comedy. Not that my comedy is insightful. I scream, <laughs> I scream about penises and, yeah. and video games. It's not like... But yours is well thought it's out. It's highbrow comedy. It's you're just not, screaming and yelling. You're doing material. You're not just complaining yeah. and hoping that people laugh. I'd like to think so. <laughs> You'd think that there's so many of them that would hear, because they're all at the same open mic, that they'd hear each other's sets yeah, like, well, and realize that what they're doing is not original... Yeah. That's no. the issue, is yeah. that they think somebody else is doing it, so I can do it too. Yeah. Or I can do it better. Yeah. They're all the same. But, yeah, the, but this guy just checking in everywhere and be like, that's silly. I just had a killer set at fucking Applebee's or whatever. Do that. That's cheating. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's well, and here's what gets me, is that that Wednesday night, before I had even met him, yeah. and he friend requested me, I'd look at his mutual friends, and there was about a dozen... Uh, Northwest Comics, right. but these are like the bigger name Northwest Comics that friend accept friend requests from everyone yeah, for publicity. Just, uh, yeah. And then there were about a dozen local Bend people that uh-huh. had mutual friends, most of which have nothing to do with comedy whatsoever, which means that he was going to these bars, doing crappy sets, talking to people, and then instantly friending them on Facebook to build this fan uh, following. Yeah. Um, Come see me at the 7-Eleven. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, people that don't know anything about comedy are like, ha, ah, this guy performed at a McDonald's in Heinz. That's, that's kooky. It seems so intrusive, though, you know? Like, when people know about a comedy show, it's one thing. That's That, to me, sounds like when you're at a bar and some shithead magician comes up to you and wants to show you a fucking card trick, and you're like, just go away, man. He's like, no, no, pick a card. That's, magic's so intrusive. To me. I, I like magic, but I'd like to go see a show. I don't like yeah. the weird street magic where somebody's like, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to stand here and look like a moron when you pull my card and be like, yeah. wow, you're really good at being a cheat. Yeah. Oh, that's maybe they they just get off on that reaction. Yeah, they just go around. Of course, they go up to like random people. A big old magic boner every time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is that magic. It's it's fish in a barrel. Like unsuspecting and or drunk people are easier to impress or fool with magic than anybody else. I'm just fooling with you. When you describe this Elvis guy, I don't picture just a normal guy. I picture like long beard, long hair, army jacket. Yeah, I, I picture like a tall, skinny shirt backwards. Oh, really? Yeah. Crunchy, this makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, that. He's living in his van. Okay, so he's just a yeah. shithead bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I ported him And what's horrible is that he posted this at like seven p.m., which means that he performed at five or six p.m. At a McDonald's. Somebody, they let him do it, though. So all of the old people that were sitting in there enjoying their fish witches and Sanka were, like, he even put a comment on about how the old people were trying to save his soul from damnation afterwards. Sounds about right. But what sucks is that I know for a fact that the set that I saw him do is the same set he does everywhere in which he talks about fucking a goat. So a bunch of old people sitting in McDonald's being forced to listen to him talking about fucking a goat. Yeah. 
Honestly, I think it would be, if you're going to perform at like a fast food place, it'd be funnier if you were just going through the drive-thru and there was no one else in the drive-thru, so you weren't taking up everyone's yeah. time, mm-hmm. and then you were just doing stand-up to the people in like, working oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. like at the drive-thru, and you just, and then when there's someone that's going to come, you know, you just buy whatever you need and leave, but yeah. then just, yeah, you do stand-up yeah. until then. It'd yeah. be cool to have a van yeah. with a sliding door, mm-hmm. and it looks like you're about to like shoot the shit out of that place but yeah. that's not how it goes that's and I like, was out here just holding a microphone but you're just standing there with a mic stand yeah. and there's like a brick wall backdrop <laughs> it's a mobile comedy I think we should do a mobile this. comedy club yeah. that sounds great that yeah. and then you just pull up on street corners and open the door real quick <laughs> tell a joke close it and drive off <laughs> I when I originally started Bend Comedy last summer I was trying to get some of my comedians to do like literal door to door comedy yeah. with me and it would be more of like a YouTube promotional thing right but we we would actually go up to the door, knock on somebody's door, like a salesman, and be like, hi, I'm Ryan Trauber with Ben Comedy. Would you be interested in hearing some jokes today? <laughs> and then just tell either three jokes or tell they laugh and then hand them a business card and walk away, which would be just absolutely hilarious publicity. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. But I was the only one that was actually willing to yeah, do it. Yeah, and it was a yeah. sack fortitude for that. Yeah. They do it in uh, Portland. They don't do door-to-door. Uh, we do Max Comedy. Oh really? Yeah, there's so there's the Max train system in like a subway in performer sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So what we do, I haven't done it, but I want to. Uh, Kyle Harbert, a Portland comedian, usually organizes it and get a group of comics together. They all go ride the Max. Mostly time they're wasted, just shit house. <laughs> and they always have another comic or somebody be a plant uh-huh. to be on, so that if things go wrong, yeah. they can figure something out. But then they just once the doors close, they just start doing comedy. For all the people sitting on the max, yeah. and then they they film it. So that, that's happened a few times. That's that's awesome. really... And that's more mm-hmm. to me. I don't want. I sort of don't want to do it because I'm just like that's like holding people hostage. Like think about it when you're on the bus and there's just some idiot not shutting up. You'd, You'd like, have to be very tactical with your material. Yeah. Doing that so that it's not a hostage situation. Yeah. So I mean, it's got to be it's got to be fairly clean. Um, and kind of all-encompassing. So puns would not be a bad idea. They try riding the bus late at night, though, where it's like more drunk people yeah. and there's no kids. Yeah. So we do it during the day. You get, yeah. Hey, the, uh, like, I don't know, like random public stand-up. The only way that, to me, that could work is if you were just doing it out in public and then people come to you. It'd be hard because you, yeah. you'd have to wait for a crowd to gather. Yeah. You couldn't, because like buskers can sit there and play guitar and people will come up to them. But you can't just be like, you want to hear a joke? No, okay. I like Disney. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just have to wait. Like they're just walking by, you know? You can't just be in the middle of a joke. You'd have to you'd have to you'd have to lure them in with one liners because yeah. they're short enough to catch people's attention, and then find them when you get a group of people. Then that's when you can start doing like regular material. Yeah, it's the only way you could probably do that. It'd be hard. You could do it Sunday market or like last Thursday or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, yeah, like Scoop, you did at least forty five minutes last night, and you did like five bits. Yeah, and that filled all forty five minutes. Yeah. So to try to get people to stop and try to do you know some sort of guerrilla performance, that just would not fly. No, it wouldn't. I don't have short jokes. Yeah. I mean, I have like a few, but it, no, not really. Only I have one short joke, and it was uh, I did punchline comedy show up in, in Seattle, uh, and they usually film your set and they record it, and they have a punchline podcast that they do where they just release like a snippet of one of your jokes yeah. along with a bunch of other people's jokes. 
and they usually pick like one of your shorter jokes. And I don't have any of those. I have <laughs> one, and it's so dumb. It's the one about my name where I go, my name's Scoot Herring, and you're probably wondering that can't be your real name. Well, you're right. I changed it. Uh, you caught me. It, my real name's Scoot Tuna. Yeah. And that's it. That's the one joke they put on. And I was like, that's not even. That's like a in between joke. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's my that, featured. That's an intro joke. Yeah, it's an that, intro yeah. joke. And but I thought it was funny because I'm like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. You couldn't put one of my other jokes on there because they're each like 10 minutes long. Well, here's the best part about that joke is that if that's the snippet they use, your name is in there. Yep. It is funny. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's publicity within your material. Yeah, and then people start calling me Scoot Tuna. That always Scoot Tuna. <laughs> That's why, yeah, I do a joke where I say my name over and over again. The CraigMy.com yeah. one. Oh, so do it over and over That's again. That's my favorite joke. Yeah. yeah. The, oh God, the letter. <laughs> so hilarious. It happened organically and everything. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was like literally looking to find that web domain. And the website is still up there for that poor yeah. kid. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't checked RyanTrauber.com in a while, but the last person to own it was a guy named Ryan Trauber that did some sort of tour of Europe, Asia. Mm-hmm. And he did not keep up on his blog post whatsoever. So there were, I don't know, maybe 20 pictures altogether of his tour of this whole thing. And then it just sat there for years and yeah. nothing else. I was like, yeah, oh, God, God. Uh, you really use that website, you dick. Yeah, exactly. I tried printing all the Craig Mays I could find on Facebook. I only got one. He lives yeah. in uh, the UK. Yeah. I only got one. There is, there's two other Ryan Traubers that I know of. There's a musician down in L.A., and then there's a teacher in, uh, like, Nebraska or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but, yeah, I talked to the musician guy on Facebook once, uh, and this was fairly an area early in his career. But ever since then, I look him up every now and then. He's got some pretty good music. Not doing too bad. It was pretty easy to get scootherring.com. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, not many other scoot herrings in the world. <laughs> I mean, unless there is a very specific fishing boat out there. Right. That's uh, a, that yeah. they want to advertise for. Speeds along. Yeah. Scoots along. Uh, I always have to just... Oh God, when people are like, your name's Scoot. Like, people are so incredulous when they hear it. Yeah. And I'm like, why is that so out of the ordinary? It's not that weird of a name. Mm-hmm. And they'll always be like, you, you like Scoot? And I'm like, yeah, like to the left. <laughs> and they don't get that. Yeah. So I have to go, I just like, you like Scoot, fucking yeah. Scoot. <laughs> and so it's so weird to explain yeah. people the name. Yeah, uh, I think it was like a month or so. Like when, as soon as you and I started talking about doing the show, yeah. um, I do trivia at Volcanic Theater. Right. So I talk to Derek all the time. And when I came up to me at a point, I was like, do you know Scott? Like Scott, who's Scott? Like you must have emailed him or called him or something. Oh like yeah, I did. Um, and I was like, I know a whole bunch of Scots. He's like, yeah, Scott Herring. Oh, Scoot. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, Scoot Herring. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know Scoot. Yeah. Uh, and he was just like, yeah, contact me to do this and that. I was like, yeah, contact me. We're doing a show. This and there. Hopefully, comedy will once again return to the Volcanic Theater because yeah. that place is great. Yeah. Well, and I've already talked to him. Um, I'm trying to get Doug Stanhope at this point, and when I that do, would be a be way better room yeah, for him. It'll be at Volcanic Theater. Yeah. Um, you heard about how he ran ran out of Metro show in Metro. I was there. Oh, you were. I was there. Nice. Yes. I wanted to. I was. I wanted to be there, and I'll, I'll shit on this guy. I don't give a fuck at this point. Uh, the guy who put it on. I won't say his name. Yeah. The guy who put on the show. Uh, he. We met him. 
during uh, the Oregon's Last Comedian Standing mm-hmm. thing. And we did a show in Medford. It was the worst show of the tour. Mm-hmm. Medford is a shithole. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want, yeah. ever want to go to Medford again. Yeah. Everybody there was pissed off, angry looking, dumb. Mm-hmm. Just I did not like it. And we get there, and they had us at a fucking place called the Ronky Tonk. And just as you'd think, it's a country bar. And they literally had us going up before a band. Go figure. So they had four comics mm-hmm. doing 20 minutes apiece going up before a country band. Jesus. And everybody there, always, they wanted to see the band. They did yeah. not care about us. Mm-hmm. So we had to just trudge through our sets of uninterested country folk. Yeah. And then we're so that show sucked. And then there was a guy there who were, were in, ran the whiskey room, which is where Doug yeah. Stanhope performed. And he's like, you should come check out my place. You guys were great. And yeah. so we went over and we did, and he got all of our contact info. And he's like, yeah, I run a comedy show here. It'd be great if you guys came back through. I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, I, I'll take a contact. I'll do, you know, you're, oh, yeah. you're going to pay me. I'll do whatever room you it's want. Gig, yeah. You know? And so I finally get in contact with him. And by the way, the Risky Room, we have to describe it. It is a dance club. It is, yeah. It is That's a all there is to it. douchey dance yeah. club. Uh, the best thing, I mean, anybody from Ben listening to this, I can easily compare it to Seven, okay. uh, which is a nightclub here. I, mean, I went to Seven. Yeah. Karaoke there. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Eight. Oh, yeah, I remember that night. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was after the summit. We yeah. went over there. And yeah, kind of the same ordeal, like ish. I mean, like I think it's where when you're already drunk, that's where you go. Yeah, whiskey room's more like real club, like you know, nicer. Yeah, say it's nicer. Well, it's well, and we used to have a place here called Liquid that was tried to be nice and like be a big city, you know, nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you open something like that in a crappy town, you only get stupid people thinking that they are going to a big yeah, city. Yeah, they think nightclub. they're doing great. Yeah. And in Medford, that's it was that that was everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, that night was fun because we oh, hated yeah. we hated the town. Yeah. And so all of the comedians that were we got shit housed. Mm-hmm. I was the drunkest I've been in a long time, and we made fools of ourselves at that club because yeah. we were like, "Fuck this town, fuck everybody," and it was me and like three other dudes being the only people dancing on the dance floor. It was me and, and Juan Knutson just yeah. flailing our white, lanky bodies around like idiots while everybody stared at us like, who the fuck are these weirdos? And, and the, you know, we were with the guy who owned the club, so we weren't going to get kicked yeah. out. Like, he was yeah. buying us shots of liquor, so it was like, we're going to yeah. I, like, ran up to the DJ at one point, and I threw money at his face. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, play Kendrick Lamar! And then I... T- <laughs> and I was like, so drunk. <laughs> so we, we, we just... And I remember at one point, I, I, I was so drunk, I spilt water on my lap, and I was wearing grayish light pants, so I got wet, and I ended up... I needed to get out of there, so something clicked through my head and run, so I just ran towards the door, and there was, hard, there was a line trying to get in, and there was a bouncer, and I, I baseball slid... <laughs> Under the velvet rope, <laughs> and then ran down the street. Just ran because <laughs> I, I, I looked like I pissed myself. And I was drunk, and I was like, "I need to get back to my hotel room." And just I was yelling. Oh, that that was a weird night. Anyways, as opposed to that, later on, uh, I contacted the guy that ran the room, 
about doing a show because he said he wanted me and he's like yeah we run it every thursday uh i'll get you a feature spot and i was like okay cool does that pay money and he's like yeah he's like a hundred something dollars and yeah. i was like that's okay cool yeah and he booked me for a day and then like last minute he was like oh i got uh this other comic on the show and he's featuring and i was like okay well what am i doing then well you're gonna open i was like all right well does that still pay money? He's like, yeah, pays 50 bucks. And I was like, 50 bucks? Dude, yeah. I'm driving almost four and a half hours from Portland. Yeah. I'm not coming down there for that much Yeah, that's money. a minimum 60, 75 bucks in gas. Yeah, I was like, no, dude, I, I drive a truck. That's gonna that's not even going to cover my gas at all. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, like maybe if this was like your first year of comedy and like, yeah. Something like this, you'd be like, yeah, I gotta do this. But now, like, no, I no, can like, see, no. You, you, you <laughs> get to a point where you start saying no to gigs because uh-huh. it's not worth it. Yeah. And this was not worth it, so yeah. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm I'm not coming. Yeah. And he got all mad and how he's like, well, I'm never gonna book you again. This is unacceptable. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, man. Less stress on my. And plate. then literally the it was the the day after I was because he I think Doug was on a Friday or something like yeah. that. So I was supposed to do the show the prior night to Doug Stanhope. Um, and then the next day I heard about the whole Doug Stanhope thing. And I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Not Doug Stanhope, the yeah. guy that runs the yeah. <laughs> Doug Stanhope's great. But yeah, he oh my God, ran out on the show. show. Was, um, he, well, he didn't run out on the show. His last words on stage were, I fulfilled my contract, right? Yeah. And then just dropped the mic and ran out. Yeah. Like the whole, the whole show, first of all, the... Um, guy who opened did his best. Right. But this, I mean, again, I met the guy who runs the room. He's a club promoter. Yeah, he's a club promoter. That's it. That's all there is to it. He just doesn't know. And I mean, I don't blame him. He's trying to do what he can, bring in entertainment to this club. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to go about it the right way. So, I mean, I I would be happy to like go down there for a week or two, run him through all of it, putting on a show and everything like yeah. that, and what needs to happen. But don't do it. It's you know during the day. Yeah. Broad daylight with a huge window yeah, a huge right windows. behind it. Oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, so Doug comes out. Of course, he has his half gallon of vodka, yep. the cheapest vodka. Does his whole bit about that, and then for like the last half hour, he's just like, "Fuck this." And like we grabbed this nice little lounge area in the back, and there was this guy. At least, I mean, you're you're a tall guy. This yeah. guy was probably three or four inches taller than you. All right, big guy, literally standing directly in front of us. Of course, the the feature comes up doing his thing, and I tap the guy on the shoulder. I was like, "Excuse me, could you just like step that direction? <coughs> just one step that direction. That's all you need." Um, and he does, and then he kind of saddles back over, and like he was a dick about it too. He's like. Bruh. And then just take like half a step. If you're tall, like, you got to know how tall you yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. I always know. I always make sure I'm like not blocking yeah. somebody. So then Doug comes up and I'm like, excuse me, could you just move over? And he turns around. He's like, fuck you, man. That's Medford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're aggressive. They were all yeah. real aggressive. And like his wife was nice enough to like move off to the side, like way out of the way. And she kind of walks by and she's like, I'm sorry. He's really sensitive about his height. I was like, but he's had it his entire yeah, life. he's had it as a, a How sensitive is he? about his height. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. And then, so Doug, last half an hour, he's just doing crowd work and fucking around. And you saw the windows at squares. He literally climbed up like two or three panes 
and got up there and was like holding the microphone. He's like, I have no idea how to get down now without breaking one of these windows. And like, he was just fucking around. And then there was like, there was the stage and there was literally on the edge of the stage, uh, along the side, there was a love seat yeah. and people sitting there. And then along the back of the stage was another love seat in which there were two people that were at least 70 years old sitting there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, when he asked, I I fulfilled my contract, right? Yeah. Then he starts doing crowd work and looking for an out. Uh So he eventually goes to talk to these old people and is like, okay, ask some questions, hands the guy the mic, and then says, okay, now interview your wife. Uh, with the questions that I just asked you. And then the second the guy turns towards his wife, Doug just books it straight out the door. <laughs> and I, oh, and, um, and of course his girlfriend. Yeah, was in the person. car outside. Yeah. Literally, yeah. He When he said, I fulfilled my contract, right? He said, get the car, let's go. Yeah. And like, you know, comedians say that. But no, and that's he was funny. like serious. He was like, car. yes, get the car. We're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm never coming back to this show yeah. again. Well, and yeah, and like I felt so bad for him. And on top of that is that I had called, you know, all the comedians that I know in the Northwest that know Doug so that I could get an introduction and try to get him to come to Ben. Yeah. So uh, he knew that I wanted to talk to him after the show and I really wanted to. But after something like that, I was like, I don't like I'm mad that I didn't get the opportunity to talk to you. Like, I'm sorry. I completely understand. Yeah. You don't have to talk to nobody right now. Yeah. So, I mean, as soon as I do talk to him personally, my first words are going to be, I am so sorry about that Medford show. And if you come to Bend, it will be absolutely nothing like yeah, that. Nothing like Our that. worst show ever was still infinitely better than that show. And it was, oh, Jesus Christ. No, man, that's not a room for comedy. No. You don't do comedy in a weird nightclub like that. And the, oh, God. The disco ball and the, the yeah, dancing still, yeah. lights were still on and yeah. going during his set. And it's just like, I wasn't surprised that a DJ just didn't start going. Yeah. How many more distractions do you need in here? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, uh, people listening to this, if you're ever booking comedy at any point in time, use some common sense. Comedy is a theater performance art. It is not, it is not dancing. No. It is not just a random talent like juggling or something like that. That is something that needs to be respected by both the person putting it on and the audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like with the whole thing of heckling when people think that they're helping or anything like that is yeah. what they don't realize is like this is the only medium yeah where people think that they need to be involved yeah like you don't watch a play and then get up and go stop the play from happening and be like can you do this differently yeah can you re- redo the scene here yeah. like no you shut the fuck up and watch the play for like comedy, just laugh, and then at the end, if you hated it, tell me. Yeah, exactly. But That's why we during, have those comic you know, cards that we do. Yeah, sometimes like it's got to be very, you know, if it's kind-hearted. I mean, it's still not acceptable, but yeah. sometimes it does help. But like most people are like, oh, I'm helping the show. We don't need your help. We don't yeah. need your help at all. Well, yeah, and I, this is a theory that I've said on this podcast, so I'll say it quickly, um, is that when it comes to heckling, there's two types of hecklers. There's idiots and assholes. Yep. Both of them are fueled by alcohol. Yep. Um, the idiot is the person who thinks that they are getting involved in the show and helping out. Or that they're funnier. Well, no, the asshole is the one who thinks thinks that they're they're funny funny and wants the attention on them or to fuck the person up that's on stage. Or they go specifically for that. Yeah. I'm going to get this comedian. Why would you do that? Yeah. You don't go see a band and... Yeah. This song sucks. Do a different one. You know? 
I mean, like, the idiots are usually, you know, the sorority girls yeah. that, like, you try to do crowd work and you ask them a question, and then all of a sudden they think that the two of you are in a conversation for the rest of the show. Yeah. And you're just like, no, I was just asking you a question to lead into this next joke. Just now just sit back and shut up. Yeah. And then there's the asshole where if they heckle you, you're an asshole to them. You like, shut yeah. the fuck up. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm aggro now. That's yeah. why I do crowd work the way that I do. I loved your crowd Thank work you. last night. It's always, it's always like a question where I don't give them an opportunity to really respond to anything. And yeah. I'm like, yep, that's it. We're that's done. done. We're yeah. done with the crowd work. Because yeah. I, I I'm not a really big fan of crowd work. And that's yeah. just my That's the only way I'm going to do it is that way. But yeah. it works. It works. I mean, you saw mine crowd work. I mean, yeah. most of it was just bullshitting the people. But then the one where I say, I ask somebody what they want to do when they die, get mm-hmm. cremated or buried, and I'm like, and I explain exactly why I'm asking them that. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I just you need you to say one thing, and then I'm going to be done with you and we'll go on to the rest yeah. of the joke. Yeah, it's just like just say one yeah. thing and then yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. So yeah, some people are just so afraid because like the big stereotype is that they're going to get razzed, you know, by yeah. the comedian and it'll ruin their day. You know, that's why people yeah. don't sit up front and they don't like to be talked to during comedy shows. Well, yeah. there's a reason why I don't sit up front at yeah. comedy shows anymore. Um, I got groped once. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not even a joke. Uh, uh, I was uh, at Scoot's old show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right away, yeah. yeah. And um, like the was second, it no, no, it, oh. it was another comedian. He was trying to tell a joke about um, how he thought it, it was like his friend. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, and he pulled me up like uh, because I was sitting right up the front, and he was just like, "Just stand there." And uh, then he just started groping like my chest, and I was just like, "Oh, this is very awkward." Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was, I kept telling you guys not to sit up front. It was you, and it was because my mom would want to come to my shows all the time. My mom was my biggest fan. Yeah. It's still weird. <laughs> I remember all these years of doing comedy, you think she'd just fucking hate it. Yeah. But she loves it. Yeah. So anytime I have a show of my own, she's like, I'll be there. And she yeah. comes and she's up front. You know, that's my baby. She's that mom. She's not a black woman. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But she. She always sits up front, and then people always, like, comment to her and say things, and I always have to be like, well, that was my mom, so... Everybody thinks you're joking. They'll say, like, you know, I've had it a few times that when I ran a show that, like, some comics would say some inappropriate thing, sexual thing to my mother, and then I'd go up after their set, and I'd be like... That's my mom, so... <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. I don't know. Well, we now have something to talk about at dinner on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, show with stuff, so it's funny. I'm always like... Yeah. I was like, ask my mom out. She's single. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> She's a younger lady. Yeah. Well, okay, so I want to go back to... Um, when you were doing... When you guys were doing crowd work. Like, yeah. You do crowd work. You explain what you're doing. And I feel, and I need to ask you, is that there's probably two reasons that you do that. Yeah. One, when you're in a place like Medford and people need to be talked to like that to know what to do. Yes. Or two, when you're in a place like Bend and people find it ironic and hilarious. I, I do it just because... I don't know why I don't I know do how to like do crowd work. Because yeah. I don't take it seriously. Yeah. I don't take it... Well, there's some people that are like, their whole set is crowd work, man. You know, like, yeah. and that's just how they do comedy. I mean, I was, there's Butch Bradley is a comedian. Uh, he's yeah. a bigger road dog, but he's amazing. And I worked with him at Harvey's Comedy Club in Portland. Mm-hmm. And he did an hour of crowd work one night. I mean, he's, he does a lot of crowd work and a lot of sets. But one night he literally did his whole set was crowd work. But it was amazing. He had the crowd going the entire time. He knew every back door, every, just anything to get yeah. these people. And he... 
And it always started off simple. It was always just like, you, sir, what's your name? What do you do for a living? And yeah. everything from there. And well, like, yeah. I, I was inspiring. I was like, I want that. Well, yeah, I mean, like, but it's always those questions, too. That's why I just wanted to know their opinions on very, um, it's always very bizarre, obscure things. If it's not that one I did last night, it's always like this other one, like, hey, do you think if aliens came down to our planet and their bodies happen to resemble that of human genitalia, do you think we'd have to censor it on live television? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I agree, too. That's it. And then it's always something really specific. Just a rando question. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I've always wanted to be better at crowd work because I think it feels tough. Like last night, I I wasn't like, planning on doing all that weird side stuff. Well, yeah, it just you, happened, and I was yeah. like, "Well, yeah. that worked." You were yeah. it was you were it was really good riffing, like riffing and crowd work. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot of riffing. Yeah, yeah. Was, no, but you're you're getting it was about seventy five percent bullshit. Was it that was last night? <laughs> well, there is. I feel that riffing is halfway between stand up and improv. Yeah, and I try to do as much improv as possible, specifically so that I can get better at riffing. Because when I first started doing stand up comedy, I had no confidence in riffing yeah. whatsoever. I was just like, no, I'm going to go up here. I'm going to look off into the darkness. I'm going to say my jokes and I'm going to get off stage. And the first time in which I went up there and I was like, all right, I'm going to tell these two jokes and then I'm going to do crowd work and see where it goes. And then I'm going to end with these two jokes. So no matter what, I know that I'm going to get laughs out of those jokes, but I'm, I'm going to force myself to do crowd work. And it's, uh, like it went fairly well. I mean, I talked to people, they enjoyed it. Um, I was able to riff like, you know, like what do you do for like a guy said he was a plumber. I was yeah. like, Oh, I, I would joke about it, but I don't want to shit all over your job. Yeah. And people laughed. I was like, crowd work works. We did it. Fucking work. We did it. <laughs> I, I, Mission accomplished. I like all the stuff. I like every avenue of comedy, the way you can do it. And yeah. I just lately have been trying when I do sets, I don't plan for them. Yeah. Um, I we we just watched uh, MC and I just watched uh, Mark Maron's Thinky Pain on oh, yeah. Netflix. I've seen it before, but I wanted to watch it again because yeah. I think it's a really good set. Yeah. He doesn't get like a tremendous amount of laughs a lot of the time. Like it's yeah. not uproarious because he's a storyteller, so he tells like a really long story and then he gets the big punch at the end. But yeah. he was he says in the thing that he never plans for the sets. He just goes out there and yeah. he just starts talking and whatever tangents he gets on, he goes. And it's how he says that. If he doesn't plan for the set and it goes well, he feels like a genius. Yeah. And if he doesn't plan for the set and it goes bad, he didn't plan for the set. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of a, yeah. And I'm like, that's perfect. Because, like, if I fuck up, I only be like, oh, I didn't plan for the set. But if you don't, and then you're like, yeah, dude, I just pulled that out of my ass. Yeah. And it feels great. And that's what, like, last night I was like, all right, I got to do a longer set. I don't really want to write out what I'm going to do, though. I, mean, yeah. I know the key points I want to hit, but I'm just going to try and be loose and have fun with them. And I was sort of worried, but then when he started doing, he, he was doing really well. I was like, okay, they're they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Well, and they see, like the weird stuff. They like the weird. They like yeah. the weird yeah. stuff. Oh, so yeah. it was good. good. There's again, there's that slight difference between riffing and crowd work. Yeah. I mean, you can riff while doing crowd totally, work. Totally. But I still and Tony G. I'm not sure if you've met Tony. I G. know Tony G. Yeah. He has the amazing ability to go up there with something that happened to him that day that he wrote a punchline for. Yeah. And he'll do like 15, 20 minutes on it and keep getting laughs as he goes on, and it's just shit that he's making up as he's doing it. And I still don't have that ability. It's this weird like comedy template to where. 
you have like a situation that happened and you know you run you run that situation through this comedy template and it's it's all these questions like like what was happening like who saw what was happening who what would somebody who saw this think what was happening yeah and then when, once you like get this comedy template down you're just able to like write a joke about anything yeah yeah like, and like that's something i still haven't really figured out myself but i'm trying to you yeah know? Like just and yeah, that's just being able to talk about anything and talk about it for a long time. It'd be funny. See, and there is a point in I mean, before I do, started doing so much of the business side of comedy, I was just doing comedy. I I reached a point where I unknowingly kind of found that uh, just that little groove into it, and I was able to come up with jokes off the cuff and doing really well with it. And it was mostly because I would work hard on a joke. And then on stage, come up with some sort of tagline or something like that. And I was getting so confident in myself. And then I stopped writing material on a regular basis and lost that mindset. So I, I don't know. I guess it's an experience thing. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Well, that goes for everything. I yeah. Think. yeah. No. Sort of an obvious statement there. I, I yeah. could not riff or, you know, just be comfortable on stage. When I first started, I would, you know, I, I stayed next to the mic stand. I held on to it. I didn't move. There was no moving. Yeah. It was just like like you're reading a script. Rigid. Yeah, it was yeah. just memorization, and I was like, Ugh, and a lot of ums, and you, you say fuck a lot. You know, you, you cuss a lot more when you're starting out. Yeah. Because then you realize later that you can use it as a punchline, and or as, instead of just a you know yeah, filler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I try like I I try not to curse as much as I yeah. I used to, but now now because of that, people think I'm like a clean comic or something. Yeah. yeah. But I just don't do it that much anymore. Yeah. Fuck can be a funny word, so yeah. if you use it like fuck, it's yeah. like that's when it goes well. But yeah, if you just keep saying fuck, 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 that's when it's potty language. Yeah. That's when it's just like this guy's filthy, and it's just like I just think it's funny. On occasion. When like I get frustrated on stage, it will start to happen. While I'll just just start cursing, and I, sometimes I just won't catch myself, and I just that's that's it'll just go into a bad set. Yeah, yeah. Like I did I did a a, a brunch show recently. You know, I like got one in the afternoon. And uh, you're just, it just wasn't working out. By the way, we have those in yeah. Portland. They're called brunch shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, you do comedy at brunch. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Some of them really work. Though. It was so real frustrating because they left the door open to the outside where people were hanging out outside. There's more people outside than there were inside, but the audio was being piped outside. So when I'd tell a joke, people on the outside would laugh, and then people on the inside wouldn't laugh. That got real confusing because it kept happening both ways. Yeah. I felt like I was performing to two separate rooms simultaneously and just got real frustrating. I've done that. You have? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh God. That's always weird when yeah. they pipe your voice out somewhere. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, I didn't even realize this was happening. Yeah. Uh, I ended up performing at my, high, not my year, but the year before me, so my reunion is next year. Yeah. And I, like, at the beginning of this summer, uh, I was talking to somebody that I graduated with and I said, Hey, you know, our, you know, she mentioned our 10 year reunion is next year. And I was like, Oh fuck, that's right. I'm the only one who still lives in central Oregon yeah. that does any sort of performance thing successfully. Yeah. They're going to ask me to do something. I know for a fact, which means that I have exactly one year to get as far from central Oregon as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. My 10 years next year as well. And I know they're going to ask me a week later. The president of the class before me calls me and says, hey, you want to come perform at our high school? Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll do it. And because, I mean, I knew most of the class, but they didn't really know me that well. So it was like an actual show. So it wasn't in front of all of my bullies and people from high school. 
But I, the issue is that they'd have some sort of trivia thing, which was pretty much, hey, read your yearbook and you can answer these questions, like who was voted, whatever, whatever. And then they had a video on YouTube that was about the evolution of the high school district or the school district and all the things that they built, new schools and stuff like that in the last 10 years. And which took five minutes for them to figure out how to get that to play. Of course. And then everybody completely lost interest. So they, half of the people left the banquet room and went back to the bar, which was kind of like it was open, but clear at way the other end, yeah, yeah. Um, away from the sound system and everything like that. So then the and God bless his heart. He's the nicest guy. But here was my intro. All right. So now we have uh, Ryan Trauber who's going to tell some jokes. That was it. So he gives me the microphone, and of course, all the people that would have laughed at my jokes are just like, "This is the most boring thing ever." I'm gonna go to the bar, uh-huh. and then I come up there. So my audience was over in the bar, yeah, not yeah. hearing me or listening to anything. So, and this is where I decided, like, the people that were paying attention, half half of the people in the room went to the bar. So the people that were left in the banquet hall, half of them were listening and enjoying it. The other half just didn't fucking care. Yeah. So I was just like, well, fuck this. So I take the microphone and I walk into the bar and I continue to do my set for the people in the bar, but still talking to the microphone so the people in the banquet can still hear me. Yeah. And it got to the point where like everybody was talking, doing shots. So then they started buying me shots while I was doing that. So the people in the banquet hall couldn't hear me. Like they heard my jokes, but then all of a sudden it would be dead silent for a minute. Uh-huh. And I'd be doing a shot of like whiskey or tequila or something like that. And then after a while, the president just came up to me. He's like, yeah, you're, you're done. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. Luckily he paid me beforehand, which yeah. was nice of him to do. Uh, it wasn't as much as he had promised, but it was for a nice little reunion. It was, yeah. I drove a whole 15 minutes to be there. Yeah, yeah. Saw a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. There you go. Uh, I, I did a show like that, but it was not, well, I, I, it wasn't like that, but it was, I've been doing a lot. There's a show called The Zoo up in, in Vancouver, Washington, that's run by my friend Hijinks. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. It's this weird nightclub in the middle of Vancouver, Washington, though. It, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's just like suburbs. And then a weird field full of nothing. And then all of a sudden, a nightclub. I don't know why, but it's there. And I did a show. And bless his heart, I love hijinks. Sometimes he books these shows a little weird. He, he booked me and three other comics to do 20 minutes apiece. So I was like, okay, there's going to be four comics doing 20. Yeah. That's still a little long, but why not? Uh, but then he booked like four other comics as well to do 10. And I'm like... Yeah, it's so much comedy. Yeah. You're killing everybody. So by the time it got to me, because I was closing it out, the crowd that had been there decided dispersed and went to the rest of the nightclub and kind of was just everywhere. Yeah. There was nobody really paying attention. But it's a wireless mic. Yeah. And they're also pumping the sound outside and all throughout the bar. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I just walked up to each individual person and was telling everybody jokes and seeing how they were doing and walking around. That's really fun stuff to do. Because I'm like, I'm not going to really do jokes. I'm just going to bullshit. It it helps with your... That's the kind of stuff I like doing now is just testing my own limits. When I have a microphone in my hand, I am way more brave than I ever am normally. 
because I'm socially awkward most of the time, but get a, put a microphone in my hand. Well, yeah, shit shows like that is one, you know, some of the best times in order to practice your crowd work and yeah. your riffing and stuff like that, because then it's less about making the audience laugh and about more about making yourself comfortable on stage yeah. and stuff like that. Any crappy show I do, if it's if I can see that it's going to be terrible, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to fuck around. Yeah. That's, it's real empowering. Yeah, I'm going to do something weird. Like, I, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous uh, last night because it's always because it's a room I've never done before. <laughs> And there was a group of people in the middle of it being very loud. But I got up there and I, I felt fine. I felt great. I'm like, oh, right. This, you've done this a million times. You, yeah. you know what you're doing. Yeah, you know what you're doing. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, once you get that mic in your hand, you just, you know, you feel yeah. so much better. That baseball thing was crazy, though. I mean, I don't, yeah, that was great. I don't give a crap <laughs> oh, about sports. Shit. So I got a text. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that group in the middle is uh, KTVC, right. one of my sponsors. And, I mean, they got there early. They were eating, drinking, everything like that. And they got there so early, they're like, could you turn the game on in the room? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Sure. And then the show usually starts at 8.15. I was like, I'm going to turn it off at 8.10 exactly. So that way, five minutes for everybody to get mindset of comedy. And I walk up there joking around because I knew people were watching it and getting all up about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn it off. Uh, I'm going to turn it off. Uh, Trying to get a rise out of people, get people's attention on me instead of the baseball. By the way, the game's tied 3-3 at this point. Yes. Uh, End of the, what? End of the ninth. End of the ninth, yeah. And I was just trying to get a rise out of them, get them, you know, joking around. And I was about to turn it off. And I said, all right, one more pitch. And then I'm turning it off. You were like, if something doesn't happen. Yeah. One more pitch. pitch, If something doesn't happen, I'm I'm turning turning it off. Pitch. It's a low pitch. It was out of the strike zone. He hits it. It is a home run. Two bases. Uh, two guys on bases. Three home runs. Yes. Team three wins. home runs in that one. And it was, oh my God. That it was incredible. That was pretty great. Did you it was. The timing. I could. I, oh my God. I don't give a shit about sports, but I was yeah. like, that was cool. That was, that was, <laughs> I was epic. Like, but that I was, was like, is this pre-taped? Epic. Did yeah. you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah. Like I went up there and like before I even did like the normal intro, I was just like, I, I, one of the things you learn about comedy is how to end on a high note. Yeah. But how to start on a high note? That is fucking ridiculous to yeah, do, and that, that happened. That was weird, but I was like, "Oh, that right. that's an omen." I think. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is gonna be a fucking this awesome be a good show." show. Yeah. So that's a good omen. Well, and it's a gig, and yeah. like they're terrible. I hate doing comedy shows. If you're in Portland, you're mostly every show you're gonna do is gonna be. You're gonna be paying for drink tickets. Yeah, for drink tickets, yeah, it's pro bono. I mean, there's a few shows that have started paying now, which Some is nice. But have, like my roommate has a pretty decent show and show pays. I've, I've done that one once. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. She gave me a check. I went and I did it, and cool. I did like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, like Twenty five yeah, bucks. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. ooh, I was like, I got a check. Yeah, yeah, like, hooray! Yeah. 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 It was a Sunday. It was five feet from my house. Yeah, uh, that's nice. So people are starting to pay, which is nice because yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it needs to happen because that long, separates your show from others. The, the longest time they wanted you to feel grateful that you even got stage time. Yeah, yeah. that's what they wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried paying on my show. Uh, I would pay them out of my own pocket, yeah. basically, because I was like, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, during the summer, I... You take tips, and I split the tips. Yeah, during the summer, there was no... Like, I had no aspiration of being bringing people into this show at Summit during the summer. So it was pretty much... I had one dozen people on my team that were comics, varying between, you know, five-minute open micers to people that could do over an hour on stage. And I was like, okay, so here's how it's going to be. You guys want to do time? 
come to me right before the showcase. Let me know that you're there. I will plan out the show. I will give you time. I'll give you the light. Everybody will get time on stage. Yeah. And it, well, it didn't cost me anything because everybody was happy just to get time on stage. And then halfway through the summer, we started packing the room. Like, with no rhyme or reason to... I mean, I guess I started advertising more. That's yeah. pretty much it. So, I... Like, uh, you know, TV Station is now one of our sponsors. Like, half of... I'd say, like, a third of the commercials on TV are paid with me or Summit giving them free shit. Nice. Which just works so well for us all. No, it's totally legit setup you got there. And, and you have, like, the sign that was all made and stuff. Yeah. We were like, what? Yeah. Um, I'm actually in, the, like, the blank screen behind you guys. I'm in the process of getting an actual, like, a giant banner of the Ben Comedy logo. Yeah, that's a good idea. The background. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be kind of our brick wall. And the idea was that the logo is set in, like, a cinder block. So we could have a cinder block wall with the logo in it. Um, still trying to design that. Uh, but the whole idea was that these are these are local comedians that just want stage time. It doesn't cost me anything. Whatever I make off of the door, I'm putting that into advertising. Mm-hmm. And I am still at the point where I have not turned a profit whatsoever. And I mean, I'm doing this for not only me, but the other people's love of the game. And I, I am just proud of what I do for everybody. And eventually, halfway through the summer, we started getting a crowd and getting a following and people were coming. And um, somebody complained, <laughs> who wasn't even performing in the shows, was complaining about how the comedians weren't getting paid. Uh-huh. And I was just like, well, I, I can't. I'm not making that much. All this has to go into advertising. And then by the end of the summer, we were, I was actually making a good amount off of the door that I was. Every single person, like I didn't have a schedule or anything. So if you showed up and performed based on your time, yeah. I would give you cash before right. you left that night. Um, I mean, if you opened with a crappy five minutes, I'd just buy you a drink or something on my tab. Um, well, if you're getting, if you're expecting me to pay for five minutes, you need to, you need <laughs> yeah. to rethink your comedy game. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like I don't, first five that's minutes are always, that's, drink, yeah, that's drink it. Take first five or free. Yeah. ticket time. That's a guest set five minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah. And then from then on, made sure everybody got paid for absolutely everything and how it would go. And ever since then, people have been more appreciative. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and see, that's the thing is that, like, Juan won't get paid. Like, he refuses for me to pay him. <laughs> he doesn't need it. Number one. Well, yeah, I know. Exactly. This is a man who every, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. This is a man who every time I see him, he does nothing but drop Patron shots on Yeah, me. exactly. And I'm like, you don't need to be buying Patron. He's like, no, only the yes, best. exactly. <laughs> okay. And uh, like Scott, uh, like Scott appreciates when I pay him, but at the same time, he's just like, yeah, I don't really need it. But I mean, like, if I'm going to pursue being a professional comedian, then, you know, I'm going to take yeah. the money and say that I'm a professional comedian. Well, Juan's a special case. He's not like, he's told me, and I've talked to him a lot, he's, comedy's not his, like, main thing, you know? Yeah. He just does it oh, yeah. for fun. Yeah. So he doesn't, he's not into the whole, you know, being yeah. a professional comedian thing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the way that he's able to run his own business and do this uh, on the side, eventually this on the side will become more profitable than what he's actually, did. well, I don't know about profitable, yeah. but it will become more of a marketable skill than what uh-huh. he's doing now. And when that happens, then he'll make that well, switch. that change. But that's, that is a comfort zone that I wish all, like, talented comedians had in their lives but unfortunately there's people that you know get paid part-time working at a college and trying to run a comedy business yeah fun. Yeah, making little to no profit whatsoever yeah i mean yeah. if i'm doing a show in town and i don't get paid for it i'm never going to be upset yeah i'm like this didn't take long to get here yeah 
But anytime I have to drive way out of my way, I mean, it doesn't have to be an insane amount of money, but you know, something just to be like, here you go. You came this way. It's something to cover gas at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like that show in bad trips. Like $50 isn't going to, isn't going to fucking cut it, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try it's, harder. If you, if you were driving the headliner from Portland with you, and the headliner offered to pay for gas. Yes. Then the fifty dollars would be worth it. Yeah, it's different. Yes. Also, he was not providing a hotel room. <sighs> he was going to let me crash at his pad. That's totally so. Yeah. No. I. Well, yeah. Juan offered you guys a place to stay. And yeah. Like Juan has always been really nice about it. And he's like, if there's anything I can do to help. Um, and I was like, I, I know, but I don't want to take your money. Like, if I fail, I want it to be out of my own funds. Like, I don't want to bring anybody down. With he gets me. nuts about the taking his money thing though, because I remember when we were on tour, uh, we we did when we were in Albany. So we got there. I don't know if I say Albany right. Albany, Albany, Albany. Totally. Uh, we got there like at least two hours before the show, yeah. and so we were like, let's go around Canvas, get people to come to the show. We had flyers and stuff. The town was dead. Yeah. There's nobody there. In the middle of the day, it was just like a zombie apocalypse. Like, this is weird, like, trash blowing no. down the street. Yeah. And so we couldn't find anybody to come, so we just go back to the bar, which is empty as well. Uh, not a good bar for comedy, by the way. Super high ceilings. Um, dance floor separating the stage yeah. from the people. Um, it, it just, it was a sound system, sounded really echoey. It wouldn't carry our voice. It just sounded terrible. But... That's besides the point. We get there and like Juan's like, I'm a gamble because we got paid before the show because yeah. we, we got paid to do the tour. And I was like, cool. So we got each of our like, I think it was like 200 bucks each. And I was like, OK, cool. We got money. And Juan just immediately starts giving us 20s. And we're like, Juan, what are you doing? And he's like, put it in the machine. And I'm like, Juan, I don't want to take your money. Put it in the machine. Like, he was getting real aggro. Because yeah. at this point, he had been drinking. Yeah. And Juan turns into a werewolf when he oh drinks. Oh, God, yes. And he's, he turns into, not like a, he's not terror. He's just, he's intense. Yeah. He's very intense oh, yeah. and, like, inquisitive and weird. And so he was just like, you need to gamble. And, like, we're sitting there. I, I hate gambling. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I felt bad, like, getting, like, just putting in his yeah. 20s and getting, and he, I put in a 20 and lose all of it. And he just hand me another one. Jeez. And I'm like, I'm like, Juan, oh, no. And he's like, do it. You're not, he's like, you're not, you're not gambling right. And I'm like, I don't, Juan, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but he was so, like, intense. Last time someone tried to decide to drop my yeah. pants. So now, me. when Juan offers me anything, I do not refuse. Yes. I'm just like, if he's like, I'm getting yeah. you Patron. I'm like, okay, Juan. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to Patron. Yeah. It's good to know that there's people like that out there. Yeah, yeah. I love Juan. Yeah. He's, he's one of the most bizarre, nice people I've ever met. Yeah. Oh, he, he was. Uh, I actually like how he brought up um, my accent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he made a joke out of it. Like everyone else, just is like, "Oh, where are you from?" Or, or they're like, uh, "You're not from here." Yeah. Sort of thing, but uh, one was like, "Oh, so what's that accent? You from Portugal or something?" <laughs> <laughs> he made a joke out of it, and I giggled. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm from Australia." <laughs> from Portugal? You're from Portugal? You got a Portuguese accent? Uh, yeah, Juan gets away with some racist things oh, sometimes. Yeah. He looks so dolly G. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, we, I've always compared him to Bob Saget. Because he is, like, when you talk to him, he is the dad from Full House. Yeah, he's he is. the nicest yeah. guy, giving you fatherly advice, and then he gets on stage, and he's just so dirty and raunchy so sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Things that come out of his mouth. 
Oh man! Oh, I know. Yeah, we there's a lot of there's gonna be fun. There's a documentary we filmed for the tour. Oh yeah. Uh, Gina Ginsburg, who used to live in Eugene, now she lives in Seattle. She's a great comedian there. Uh, she filmed a documentary during the entire experience. <laughs> it's gonna be weird. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Just because we were mostly wasted the entire tour. Yeah. We were put onto an RV. We didn't have to drive anywhere. Everybody was driving for us. We were put onto an RV full of liquor. Yeah. And just drank. God. And Juan bought more liquor. During yeah. the tour. Oh, I'm sure he did. There was a day during the tour, it was like the second day of the tour, he came onto the tour bus with a box full of liquor and it was all top shelf. Because he had found out which each of us liked, yeah. like what our poison was. And he was just like, here, I got you this insane bottle of tequila. And I was oh, just God. like, oh, Juan! Uh, and so we were just wasted the whole time. And a lot of weird shit happened. So yeah. it's going to be a fun documentary. And you see Juan... Well, yeah, one of the people I know is pretty much an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. And when he gets drunk, he's he gets he goes rogue. He's and gonna, it's bad. He's going to be on. Yeah, and of course, Juan just gets so uh, overly confident in his decisions uh-huh. because, like, he will tell jokes and just keep telling them until people laugh. Yeah, he's, he's like, no, this is funny. I think this is funny. So I'm going to keep doing it. Or if he wants you to do something, he will force you to do it. I mean, like, it's never bad. Like, it's nothing bad. Yeah. But it's always really fun things. But if you're not as into it as he is, he starts to get angry until you're into it. Yeah, he is. That's why I'm like, don't repeat what he says. In Albany, it was, the wor- it was one of the worst shows of the tour. And so I wanted to host the show. We, we set up like, it was like some of us would host and you do a quick set and just introduce everybody. And then you do it. But I, I was like, I specifically requested, I was like, I want to host this one because yeah. I don't think the show's going to go very well. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do in 10 minutes and then I'm going to get off stage. Yeah. And so I had no faith in the show and did my blah, blah, blah. Juan just decided he had already gotten wasted at that time. And so his set was bizarre and just great. Because he made the most of that terrible room. Yeah. He bought all of the jello shots that they had at this place <laughs> and had the ladies behind the bar bring them up to the stage. And he just had racks of jello shots. <laughs> and then he went, Who wants a jello shot? <laughs> and, and, but here's how it goes crazy. He wasn't just giving people jello shots. And somebody would be like, I want a jello shot. And he goes, Okay. And he picks it up, and he lays down, and he puts it in his belly button, and he goes, okay, come do it. And so people had to just go up and do jello shots out of Juan's belly button. And he took his shirt off, he was just shirtless, and then he put jello shots all over him, and people were just like doing jello shots off of Juan. Oh my god, that is awesome. And that was his set. Like, it was just That's pretty great. He could yeah. tell he knew yeah. something wasn't going to happen, so he's like, I'm just going to make the most yeah. of it. And it was like, great, Juan. Yeah. You had more faith in the show than I did. Because <laughs> there was like maybe 10 people yeah. there, and they didn't care. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, free jello shot? Sure, I'll fucking go. <laughs> Yeah, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> They're not in it for the comedy. Uh, I thought that was great, but he did. He bought like he, best. he bought like two hundred dollars worth of Jello shots. Yeah. I was just like, God, <laughs> you madman! Yeah. So uh, we had a bunch, and like, because nobody, not everybody did them. So then the comedians, we had to just take all of them. There you go. <laughs> he getting drunk on Jello shots. Didn't want him to waste them. Made that mistake before. When I was uh, when I was younger, when I'm twenty, when I turned twenty, moved out, got my own house. 
party house every weekend. And because I'm too smart for my own good, I actually did the chemistry and the math uh, to figure out the exact proof of vodka in which I could put mixed with Jello um, that would still gelatinize or congeal. Whatever the term is. Congeal? I think it's congeal. Yeah, congeal. With the highest proof and the most amount of alcohol in which it was still a solid. So there have been nights in which I have been gotten completely trashed on just jello shots. Yeah. And of course, bar jello shots of are course. so low. Yeah, well, some bars make them different, but yeah. Yeah. Some bars like, make them too strong. I was I was to the point where I was making jello shots in ice cube trays. Of course. And then you get a pan of water, set it on the stove, mm-hmm. warm it up. You set it in there for a couple seconds, and then you just dump it into a bowl, put a whole bunch of spoons around it. You got jello shots. There you go. Yeah. And it's, oh, my God, good times. But Juan, God damn it, Juan. I, I never heard that story. That is one of the best stories he I've did, ever did, yeah. He yeah. made the best of that night. Uh, I think... That'll be on the documentary. It was what? filmed, so Jeez, hopefully, uh, really hopefully that makes it into the documentary. Yeah. Uh, and th- there's a lot of the footage of him forcing us to play lottery. Yeah, because when he was doing it, I, I, Gina was filming, but I was like, Gina, come over here and film this. Cause he's, <laughs> he's going nuts right yeah. now. <laughs> You're not doing it right. I was like, I don't know how to do it. What do you want? He was like, Twitch. I was like, I don't want to spend your money. Spend my money. <laughs> Okay. You're the best yeah. person ever. Yeah. But then, like, the next day, he didn't really remember a lot of it. And that's when I said, I was like, you're like a fucking werewolf. You didn't even know. I was like, you turned into a crazy person. Uh, He's like, it did? And I was like, yeah, you were, like, forcing us. It was <laughs> forcing us to gamble and uh, jello shots. It was nuts. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think we've gone a little bit long enough. But I specifically wanted to talk to Craig about yeah. spicy news. Yeah. Yes. Um, we started doing Ben Comedy News about a year ago, and around the same time, that's when I noticed spicy news. Um, so you were kind of a motivator for me to start doing it. On oh, awesome! Because we had like we had when we were last year, like it was you know me, Juan, George. Tony, uh, you know, like half a dozen of us that was trying to get this going again. And one of the things we want to do was a regular YouTube series, videos or something like that. So we came up with Ben Comedy News, which was pretty much, uh, I mean, we only did what, like five episodes, but a weekly sort of weekend update sort of a thing, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And then I saw Spicy News. I was like, what an awesome take. <laughs> like you guys were adding this element of... Uh, hilarity that was there no matter how bad the jokes were mm-hmm. there was still something there that worked really really well yeah people if they didn't like the jokes they'd like seeing people in pain yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um and there was it had, it had that's that's what the appeal was like to everyone even yeah. if like even like my dad doesn't he hates like what i do comedy <laughs> but he loves that he loves it he loves the that series he yeah. just loves seeing people just tearing up and everything yeah, yeah. You did a live one at Bumbershoot. Yeah, Bumbershoot. Yeah, that is fucking awesome, yeah, by the way. That Good was, job. That was great. We did a, and then for Bridgetown, we uh, we did the live show. That's what we do now. We just do the live yeah, show. Yeah, you had James Domian on, right? Yeah, yeah. James Domian. Yeah. He didn't know he was, but he didn't know what the show was. Yeah, so I got like, <laughs> I did, like calm him down, and I'm like, here's a button. <laughs> Please be on the show. Please don't do it. And then he, he yeah, he, he was freaking there. out. He didn't want to do it. Uh, he didn't know what it was like. He yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be so hilarious. Yeah, so, the, I mean, uh, if he'd want to do, 
you'd want to have me and some other people come down here and do the live show sometime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. Local, yeah. 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 Your local um, I do, instead of doing the competition, I've started doing a variety show every year. Uh, and usually it's like a benefit, like this last one for, was for the Humane Society. So, yeah, for next variety show, if you guys want to come down and do something like that, that would be absolutely awesome. God, that would be crazy. Crazy. an episode of Spicy News. And this, yeah. It's been on, like, yeah. I, don't, I haven't a seen lot of people. Yet. It is an older one. Okay. We yeah. stopped doing the show because, well, it just, like, everyone involved, it's not like we had a falling out, but people moved away, and they yeah. just... A lot, of, a lot of spoons in the fire. Pot or whatever yeah. they call it. Irons in the fire. Yeah, irons in the fire. <laughs> spoons yeah. in the pot. Oh. It, Fingers it, in the pie. I don't know. Yeah. Coolisms. I can't even say that word. Where's, yeah. that, where's that slang dictionary? Yeah, we accepted it in there. there. It's right here. The dictionary of American slang written yeah. in 1960. <laughs> I'm, I'm being an applehead. <laughs> <laughs> it started out, it was just a fun thing where like yeah. a bunch of friends would get together and like it would be a thing we do every Sunday. Like, oh, we're going to have this comic on. Yeah. We're just going to goof around and afterwards we'll hang out. It became this thing we do every Sunday. Yeah. And then after a while, it just got bigger and bigger. It got too serious. They got too serious. And That's I, what I, I hated it. News. I hated it so much. Yeah. Um, and I just hated, and like, it just became, you know, like, got out of my power. Of yeah. Things, you know, like, they, they stopped listening to me. And only when it started going down did they start listening to me again. I just got real upset. And I'm like, well... Yeah. Certain people aren't going to be doing the festival with me, but that's for sure. Yeah. Well, was like, yeah, it was his like, thing, and then it got taken away from yeah, him. Yeah, like, and then once, given back to him once it was failing. Yeah, yeah. once uh, we, they found out that you know, people that left, they found out we were getting on the bummer shoot, they wanted to jump back on. And I'm like, don't do that yeah. to me. You know, like, don't yeah, make like, me. You abandoned shit. Yeah, You're yeah. done. There is, yeah, and I mean, with Ben Comedy News, it's sort of the same ordeal. And this, it kills me because I'm trying to find this balance between being the guy in charge and still having everybody involved. But the issue is that if there isn't a guy in charge making all the decisions, then shit falls apart. Mm-hmm, that's and so people, true. Yeah, people yeah. see me as the, you know, dictator emphasis on the dick. Yeah. And but at the same time, if there were too many people in charge, then it falls apart. Yeah. People aren't doing what they need to do. And it's I, I'm willing for people to think of me as kind of a dick in order for things to succeed. And it's people think of it as like a selfish thing where I don't trust other people or anything like that. And I was just like, no, I trust other people if they were the one in charge. Yeah. But it's just it's a hierarchy thing that can only work in those kind of situations. I, I, I trust other people, but I trust myself a hell of a lot more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, I've, that's why I love doing the podcast because no one can take that away from me. Like yeah. the Did I Wake You podcast because I'm in control of that and I, I can choose who I want to have on yeah. and it's not something that can be taken away from yeah. me. Well, and with COCC right now where I just started the comedy club mm-hmm. um, and we have like 30 or 40 students that want to be a part of it and one thing that I'm going to have them do is write material for Ben Comedy News because I, I, the production-wise, I can do all of it myself. Um, I'm in front of the camera, I have the green screen, um, I read it, I edit, I do everything. So all I need is people that can write material that quickly on a weekly basis to make it happen. So, I mean, like, Juan and George were, during all of it, were avid writers for that, and they always helped out, but then it became homework after a while, and they lost interest. Oh, yeah, we... uh... (laughs) Because we had to do our research on TMZ, yeah. that was, and we just got so fucking tired of looking at TMZ. Well, I remember when I did it, I got over there, and I was expecting to like write some jokes. Yeah. I was the person reading it, but yeah. 
nobody even paid attention to me. Like I got there and everybody wrote jokes for me and didn't even ask for my input. Yeah. And I wrote like yeah. I wrote like one joke and I I I was like, Can I have this one in there? And then I got in there. It was the Backstreet Boys one. <laughs> I was like, I need that. Yeah. But yeah, everybody they, Was that at the time when we had a lot of It people? was like there were like twelve people there. Yeah. And I remember I was just like, Okay. Yeah, like there was a there we had too many writers at one yeah. time because it was very like, yeah, anyone can join, you know, like and that should have not been like a rule. That should yeah. not Yeah, and they were like getting I remember there were people there, but then they were also having other people send them jokes mm-hmm. while we were sitting there. Like somebody was, I think Shane Hosey was like eating oh, yeah. jokes and stuff. Yeah, but, I was she, like, but Shane's were always the funniest. Yeah, so yeah we'd have a, a Google Doc open that people could like yeah. write on, and we could just check that. Like it was a community Google Doc, yeah. and so anyone could, as long as in they they put their name by their jokes, that they get. Yeah, you know? we did get to do that Saturday Night Live Frank Stallone joke though in that episode. <laughs> Because it was right up and watching. In my episode, it was when uh, Sylvester Stallone's kid died. Oh. And it was the, the punchline for the joke was, who's going to be in attendance for the funeral? You guessed it, Frank Stallone. And we showed the <laughs> picture of Frank Stallone. You remember that from SNL? There was an old weekend update. It was with Norm MacDonald. I don't think so. It was a, re- re- a reoccurring gag where they'd always be like, who did it? And he'd be like, yep, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. And then they'd show a picture of Frank Stallone in this stupid jacket. Yeah. And it was, it happened all the time. So you guess you'd use it for that joke. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there are running gag of Ben Comedy News is Lapine. You guys heard of Lapine? It is, it is the crack horde of Oregon. Oh, that was a question. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it is population of roughly 200 and a majority of them do math. Yeah. Um, Gresham. Yeah. Only Gresham has more people. Yeah. So every, we try to fit at least one joke into every episode that shits on the pine. Of course. And I mean, it's like the Amish. Like, they sold their computers and their internet connection for meth, so they're yeah. not going to see it. Yeah, they're going to see it. Yeah, exactly. How are they going to know? We were, yeah, we would do that recurring jokes, too. Except it was just, we were always picking on Peyton Manning, and we were always saying that he fucks horses. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Peyton Manning fucks horses. We just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you you do the live spicy news? Do you record it and put it online? Uh, no, we didn't. We haven't recorded any of them. Um, we should. Uh, the last one we did was down in Arcata for the like it was at, in Humboldt County for the uh, Savage Henry Magazine Comedy Festival. Oh my God, they loved it down there. They loved it so much. Um, but then yeah, like we've done the live show maybe one, two, three. We've done it five times now. Yeah. And just, I, I'm excited to, to do them, but at the same time, I just like, I'm afraid every time because I know what's coming in my guts. <laughs> yeah. it's every time, yeah. I don't get used to it. Just like the next day, I just, you have what what I call hurdy poos. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and you have to take out the toilet paper that you've, you know, stashed in the freezer. <laughs> just so that, you know. Yeah. Reason, yeah, and you're like, Am I gonna call into work today? Yeah, maybe. maybe, you know, <laughs> you it's, all, really, yeah. it's well, all in the name of comedy. I've eaten that pepper like maybe 10 times. It's not a good excuse to give either, too. You're like, You can't call and be like, Oh, I was an idiot and ate a pepper for jokes yesterday, you know? Yeah, I mean, coming to work, you dipshit. Yeah, at least I know that I'm not gonna have any. Because those, like, apparently those peppers kill any type of, like, intestinal parasite or whatever. At yeah, least I know clear, that I don't clear, want to do that. Yeah, you are yeah. squeaky clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fine. <laughs> Good colonic. Uh, 
Oh, dear God. Yeah, when I did the interview, I, I ate the entire pepper, took the first swallow, about half of it, mm-hmm. and then instantly my body was just like, I don't, I don't think we want any more of this. Uh, so yeah. then for half of the interview, I'm chewing, I'm still chewing on the other half of the pepper. Oh. And then eventually I had to pull up <coughs> one of those and like get it in my hand and immediately was over, ran over the sink to get water and throw it in the garbage. Yeah. But I felt I got half of it down, so I feel like I wasn't too much of a pussy about it. Half is still a lot. Yeah, like we've had we've had people that they don't eat anything before they eat the pepper, oh, so God. it just sits in their empty stomach, yeah. burning away. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, all of the all of the girls had no idea. Like they're getting water and soda and stuff uh-huh. to drink. Oh, like, you gotta get no milk or ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah. I specifically bought like a pint of ice cream yeah. to have. So I'm gonna do it. And it was it was like that scene in uh, um, The Simpsons when Homer eats the habanero. Yeah. Like, he has the ice cream cone and it melts as it gets closer to his tongue and it never actually touches it. And that's exactly what it felt like the second I put it into my mouth. I was like, oh well, this is now warm milk. <laughs> oh warm man, spicy milk. It is. Looks <laughs> like. It's bad because if you're the only one in the room doing it, after you've done it, you just you it goes on for like almost 20 minutes. Yeah. And like, and they're like they they've gone on and you know like your friends are like not even paying attention. To that is what happened after mine. And they're like, yeah. and you're just like, ah, somebody help me! Yeah. Like even put a blanket over me or something. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> for me, they gave me, me the ice hug. cream and then they just fucked off and yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, that's that's what happened because people aren't they they just. Because it's not happening to them, so it's not like... Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, yeah, like Richie's interview like ends with him just yeah. in the fetal position. Like He takes the ball and just gets in the fetal position and just sits there yeah. eating the ice cream. He's like, no, I'm good. Nope. This is, oh, God. Yeah, Mike Kaplan's the only one who'll do it. He'll do it only to show off because it doesn't bother him. Mike yeah. Kaplan, he's been on my web series as well. Tell, why don't you tell him about your web series? Oh, oh yeah. I have a web series called Player's Choice. It's about video games. Uh, <laughs> my other passion, other than comedy, is I collect retro video games. Uh, <laughs> this weekend, I know this probably won't go out today, but uh, this weekend I'm doing the Portland Retro Gaming Convention. Yeah. Or Expo. And it's just miles and miles of retro video games. It's beautiful. But we're also filming a live episode. Not live, but we're filming an episode at the convention of my show called Player's Choice. We're sponsored by Ground Control, the great arcade in town. Uh, but basically, I sit down in a basement with a comedian. They choose a game from my collection. We play it. We talk about it while they're playing it and talk about what that game meant to them, why they chose it. Uh, but we've had Mike Kaplan on. We've had Kaylin Gill from L.A. She's really good. David Borey, uh, Brock Wilbur. Uh, it, it's, we're going to have many more people, but... You can find that on YouTube by searching Player's Choice Episode, and they will all appear. <laughs> it's very well produced. It's very fun to watch. Yeah, we got all good production yeah. staff, and it looks nice. Do you do like a split screen of you guys? Uh, we're doing, but it's more like it'll cut between gameplay footage and us okay. shooting the shit on the uh, in chairs. What is the what is the most awkward game that you played? The most awkward game we played? I mean, so far, I mean, because it's people. The comedians we choose, like, not a lot of them were, were gamers growing up, so they'll, yeah. they basically so far have chosen games that are fairly common. So it's funnier. I want, like, this is a plea for the future. Yeah. For comedians, if you're going to be on, choose a game that you don't know and it's mm-hmm. crappy because yeah. it's a lot more fun to make fun of it. Yeah. Because most of the time if they pick a good game, we just have to talk about how good it is and yeah. oh, it's not funny. So I don't know. The games we played so far were, uh, like, Super Mario Brothers 2, Contra. 
uh, Resident Evil 2 uh, and Goldeneye. But the Goldeneye episode is going to be funny because that's me and Jeff Oliver, who's a really funny company, and we just tore it apart because I think Goldeneye does not hold up at all. And it's very funny. Yeah, it's very no, yeah, The polygons are really yeah, silly. It looks like yeah. it was made by a bunch of kindergartners covered oh. in bees. The the graphics do not hold up, but no. the gameplay does. Ish. Yeah. Like I you still think so. I still enjoy going back and playing that. Perfect one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, playing like the campaign it yeah. does not hold up, but playing multiplayer yeah. is still fun. Uh, but there's a, the David Bore episode is going to come out soon. We played Shaq Fu, so that's going to be good because Shaq Fu, if you don't know, is a game, a fighting game mm-hmm. starring Shaquille O'Neal, the basketball player, and Genie. It's on Super Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo Genesis, probably 32X and Sega CD or something. I don't know, but maybe just Genesis and Super Nintendo. Uh, it's terrible. It's <laughs> it's it's um, regarded as one of the worst games of all time. Yeah. And it shows, and it's fun to make fun of. Hey, it's, hey, yeah. it's fucking Shaquille O'Neal in a fighting game. So are you playing Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, you game? are Shaquille O'Neal. You can choose from other characters, but why? Are there, Shaquille are there just random characters? Or they're like the dumbest... Actual people. They're like the dumbest character designs. It's okay, so... Like punch out. If you really want to go into the story of Shaquille O'Neal, or Shaq Fu, Shaq is in town for the All-Star game, and he decides to slip into this little shop to check it out, and it's this old Asian shop. And this old Asian guy's like, you're the chosen one. And Shaquille's like, what? I'm not the chosen one. And then Shaquille O'Neal goes goes through this curtain and ends up in this magical world full of monsters and bad guys. And he has to save somebody. It's never really described who this person is he's supposed to save. But in order to save that person, he has to go around kicking the ass of every monster in sight. And so the character designs in this game are like just generic as fuck. There's like random monster guy number one. And then there's like a guy wearing a turban and he has swords. And then there's a cat lady. Like it's just, they're really bad. Wow, I want to play this game. You got to see it. And so if you see that when we release this episode, that's going to be the one to watch because David Borey is hilarious, number one, and we just tear it apart. And we're doing Shaquille O'Neal impersonations the entire time. <laughs> I'll play my game. <laughs> going to be a good game. I'll check. Yeah. Kung Fu. Drink my soda. Uh, so any other any other media? Play? You were talking about your podcast. Tell us more about your podcast. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I, uh, it's called uh, Did I Wake You? It's a podcast where I call friends at like 2 or 3 in the morning and I just bother them with like really dumb questions. Basically like the type of questions I do for like my crowd work. Yeah. And they're like, it's like it's in the morning and so they're just half asleep. And uh, I just awesome. record that. It's only like half an hour long. And in the middle there's usually like a fake commercial or like a little audio sketch that I made that will let it play. And it's, it's it. And it's just for fun. It's just yeah. like... just. Yeah. 25 minutes of entertainment. That's all it is. It's very short. Is it that? Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's an easy listen. It's 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's got all sorts of funny stuff where you're talking to your computer. It's great because everyone's down for it. You know, yeah. they might, I mean, they said, yeah, call me anytime. So they don't know when I'm going to call them. Yeah. And, uh, I like it because I can call people that live far away. You know, it's, you know, like most podcasts, you have to have the people there. Yeah. So this is really nice. So I can make, get anyone anywhere. Did I wake you? Yeah. Did I wake you with Craig May? <laughs> mm. uh, iTunes. Yeah, it's on iTunes. So spicy news. Did I wake you? What else can people uh, find you? You at? can follow me on Twitter at Craig R May. The tweets are pretty pretty funny. You can follow me. Craig May was already taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not by the same kid. <laughs> no. 
Um, <laughs> that'd be funny though. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm on my, like, they make a memorial. Just driving this car, you know, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. His last tweet is like, well, I'm driving home. Yeah. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> or it was their parents made the memorial Twitter website. <laughs> it's just once a week, they just yeah. post the link to the page. Oh, God. <laughs> the website. And then, you know, follow me on Facebook. Uh, and then, like, in real life, you can follow me. Just follow me around. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the bushes. Kind of, that's sort of what MC's doing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, if, uh, if you want to see my, if you haven't seen my stand-up, oh, I don't know why I'm talking into <laughs> If you haven't seen my stand-up, you can uh, just you know type in Craig May stand-up comedy or Craig May Helium Comedy Club, and you can see videos of my stand-up, and it's it's amusing. And there's also just other videos of me fucking around. Yeah, if you want an introduction to Craig May, I have a web series I used to do called Riff City, which yeah. is an introduction into Portland comics. That I put together, and if you if you search Riff City Craig May, there's a great set that he does, and it also has me interviewing him, talking to him about uh, what he does. Yeah, well, cool. So that one's cool to check out. Scoop, did you have a podcast? I did have a podcast. I stopped doing it in favor of the web series. The yeah. web series is essentially the same as my podcast was. My podcast was called Press Scoot to Continue, and it was. Uh, <laughs> Just me sitting down with my with comedians, and instead of like the pot, the, the the web series is like very just one game. What does this game mean to you? Blah blah blah. But the podcast, what we did was I would I had this thing where I relate certain events in my life to the video games that I was playing, and I met, I can remember a game, and then once I remember that game, I can remember everything else that was happening in my life. Gotcha. And so I thought everybody else has to have that maybe too. So I would sit down with comedians, and it would be take me through your video game journey. What is your earliest memory of video games? What are some of the games you remember? Take me through it. Mm-hmm. Like, what consoles did you have? What are these things? And so that, it was like an hour of them telling me their video game journey. And then at the end of the podcast, we would play uh, two games from my collection and review them. So usually it was like, we I'd have them pick a good game, we'd tell them how good it was, and then we'd pick one of the shitty ones and yeah. just rip it apart. So that was that. Uh, you can still find those episodes on iTunes, uh, Press Crew to Continue. There's like 34 episodes, so there's still... Back catalog it's, of that. it's a real fun podcast podcast to listen to. It's There's a couple of special episodes that I would highly recommend uh, where I interview Mega Man. <laughs> the Mega Man. Yeah. It's okay, it's my friend Steven Wilbur, who's an amazing comedy comedian. He just won Portland's funniest comedian this year. Uh, and he <laughs> I asked him to come over and I was like, You're gonna be Mega Man, just be Mega Man. And I just interview and he's so good at like improving. And so that episode's hilarious. And then there's another episode with him, but he's being Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> those are the best episodes mm-hmm. uh, by far. So those are fun to listen to. Um, yeah, it's longest, but they have the web series. And then uh, you can go to my website, uh, scootering.com, find out all the dates. There's videos on there and stuff. Okay. And yeah. Twitter, Facebook? Oh, yeah, at Scoot Herring. Okay. And then just scoot hair. Yeah, scoot, oh, yeah. There's not many other scoot herrings on Facebook, so you can find, <laughs> you'll find me. MC, you're part of this. Anything you want to add? What do you got out there? Yeah. Uh, I got nothing. Not even a Twitter or anything? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I have a Twitter. I assume, I it's, just, I assume that it's just you retweeting scoots. Tweets. <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> not really. I don't no. tweet a lot. So. No, uh, I don't tweet uh, at all, pretty much. Uh, I, I mostly follow... Um, like uh, comedians that I've met, uh, or uh, random celebrity celebrities Celebrity, yeah. Yeah, that um, I, I like to see their funny stuff and whatnot. 
You can find him on Destiny, uh, the PlayStation 4 game. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, or Shadows of Mordor. Or Shadows of Mordor. <laughs> you can find his, his, his uh, PSN ID is AKMC. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, but yeah, uh, oh, there, there's, uh, I'm on, uh, like, last time I was uh, here, six, uh, I was here for six months. Me and Scoot used to do um, oh, yeah. Press Scoot to Play. That's my other web series. <laughs> I have so many web series. I think like, it started things. that uh, Press Scoot to Play is like the precursor to the new one. Yeah. Uh, Press Scoot to Play was born out of my podcast, Press Scoot to Continue, but it's it's like video of us playing games, but yeah. then they're also like half sketchy, funny, weird shit. So that he's was mainly, usually the, yeah, yeah, it was he's mainly the, me and Scoot. He's and, the co-host on that. Yeah. So search Press Scoot to Play on YouTube and you can see MC and me doing dumb shit. Cool. I highly recommend episode five of that where we play a game called Techno Kitten Adventure. Oh, yeah. Which is a downloadable game on Xbox Live Arcade, which you can get for a dollar and you highly should. And you can see Craig's foot in yeah. that. It's a very. Yeah, Craig's foot is in that episode. <laughs> Jimmy's foot. He was sitting in the living room, but his foot was in one of the shots. Uh, the game Techno Kitten Adventure is like you just play as you're a cat wearing a jetpack, a little kitten, and you have to fly in this rainbow land. And you just have to keep tapping A to fly and you dodge things. And there's crazy techno music playing, and there's like it's just experience it. But watch that episode, and, and, and wow. we'll see. It's a more fun version of the Flappy Bird. Game. Yeah, it's yeah. Flappy Bird. That's it's it is before Flappy Bird though, mm-hmm. so that's why I hated Flappy Bird. I was like, that's techno kitten adventure. Yeah, but nowhere near as cool. In high school, uh, we had Copter. Like in high school, like we had just gotten to the point where there were laptops in high school. Yeah. And they were on a cart and you had to rent them from the library. But like we would sit in class for the first, you know, half an hour, do our work. And then eventually everybody would find the website with Copter. Yeah. Which, and then all of a sudden you would just hear people go click, 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 click. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That goes. Yeah. Check that out. MC's on it. That's something right. he's in. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other plug? Anything? No, I think that's no, it. Draw to a close? Okay. Not the, not the best recording because my equipment... Yeah. But I think it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, they could hear Thank it. you guys very much for doing that. Absolutely. Thanks glad for you guys came us. to Ben. I'm glad that you really enjoyed yourselves. Yeah. Thank you very much.